Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Maida. You know, when I work in a coffee shop, I don't get much done. Honestly, I didn't go to the coffee shop to work. That's just a little white lie I tell myself to get out of the house. Coffee shops might be the easiest place to track down if you travel for work. You know there is Wi-Fi, uh, but the, the environment can be unpredictable. Is the cappuccino machine going to be too loud? Well, too bad. Well, what if you could plug into a space meant for work? Not easy to do unless you know somebody in town. Um, you've heard of co-working spaces like WeWork, but that's still a commitment. When you travel a lot, you need something for 20 minutes, an hour, half a day, and then you're gone. Well, I guess Claire Bertrand has a solution for that. Workaroo a network of office space for those of us hopping from place to place. Workaroo uses an app to connect itinerant workers with office space. Uh, she lives in the Lake Charles area, but has grown Workaroo on the go herself, dodging lockdowns and hurricanes out there. And today, Workaroo has spaces in Lake Charles, Lafayette, and Baton Rouge. Claire plans to grow the company to stretch the ITIN corridor. And when she's not building Workaroo, uh, she runs the McNeese State University Athletic Foundation. Claire Bertrand, welcome to Out the Lunch. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If your workspace is the great outdoors, maybe this isn't so much of a problem for you. Anywhere is the place to be. Artist and muralist uh, Hannah Gumbo is building a career for herself with the world outside as her canvas. An avid traveler herself, Hannah is passionate about Louisiana and creating vibrant spaces that tease out our traditions with abstract flourishes and and surprising details. Um, You can find her work on uh, downtown brick walls or barns scattered around Acadiana, and it it really bubbles against the backdrop of our region's rustic colors. She got her start with an ArtSpark grant from Lafayette Economic Development Authority and recently won a second one to expand her work to business portraits. She'll shake up the stuffy headshot with a portable wooden booth pack with fun backdrops to make portraits of Louisiana business owners pop. So uh, sign me up, Hannah. I do need a new headshot. Hannah Gumbo, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hey, how's it going? It's going okay. Um, Claire, I I have definitely been in the exact situation that I think your work crew imagines, which is like, I'm a reporter, um, so I've been in situations where I'm away from an office and I do my field work, I got to get back on my, and I find myself like literally filing copy in the driver's seat of my car with a hot spot. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, it kind of makes me think, like, well, that's a thing that I can do. So, uh, you know, how do you actually find the customers? Like, you know, like, how do you identify the people that kind of meet that narrow window of like, I'm moving from here to here and I need 20 minutes, an hour, that kind of thing? Um, I don't really think it's that narrow. Hmm. Um, I found it at different points of my life, whether I was running the foundation like I am now, I need to have a, I have a meeting downtown, I need to dive next door to a coffee shop just to be you know, efficient. I'd rather it be in a private space or maybe I'm in North Mississippi and I need to have a, a business meeting hmm. there. It's just, it's applicable in so many points of our lives. Um, or even if we take it to Lake Charles or after we had two hurricanes, philanthropic groups were coming in to try to help people and they had nowhere to meet. Hmm. And so they were calling me to say, hey, do you know where a space is open? So it's just, it's applicable across so many people's lives. And all the different lives that I've lived. Hmm. I mean, is the, 
are, are the, all the office spaces kind of like, do you have to create like a menu of them? Like, you know, you need the one room desk so you can set up your computer or you need a conference room. I mean, how does the inventory actually work? So we research and we say, where are people needing these spaces? It's close to offices, it's close to airports, it's close to downtowns. Um, it's actually pivoted post pandemic, uh, close to the suburban area where people were working downtown and now they live in suburbia. Hmm. Um, they just need to get away from their kid who's not at school. <laughs> I, that was me. Um, and just needed a, a quality place to work. And so we found all these businesses who were growing, um, but then they are contracting right now during the pandemic. And so since they contracted, people aren't working uh, in their office spaces. And so we help fill those spaces because now they're, they're in long-term leases. So we help businesses monetize that space that otherwise they may have went under. Hmm. So, so what kind of like amenities or standards do you have to, you know, ensure that are there like for everybody? I mean, obviously Wi-Fi or Internet, I'm sure is one of them. But I mean, beyond that, like do most people just say like, look, give me a chair and a table and I'm good. Or do they want like a Keurig machine in there? It, it just depends. Um, I think the basic are people want a Keurig machine, um, a desk, Wi-Fi are the basics. Some people want open space outside. Yep. Um, some people need, uh, you can filter by uh, how many people you need, whether it's seven people, 10 people, or, or just you yourself. So on our website, you can actually filter by the amenities hmm. that you need. Um, some people need a printer. Mm-hmm. Um, some people what we eventually want to do is to be able to connect people who have like minds or maybe they're very different. And so say I am a startup, but I need to meet somebody who's great at marketing. Mm -hmm. So then you'll be able to filter and say, how do I connect with someone like you? (laughs) Um, And so we just want to create these connections in a world that we've been disconnected for so long. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you can filter by whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, something that a lot of business people these days are, you know, of course, seems like this would never run out of style, right? You need the, the portrait headshot, that sort of thing. Hannah, um, that's an interesting idea, right? I mean, I, you know, when I, if I'm understanding even how it works, what's in your head correctly, like, you know, something that kind of shakes it up because I see headshots of myself and I'm like, I never want to see that again. But on the other hand, like, I mean, you know, business people kind of have like a certain button up way they, they think. So who do you have in mind? Who Like when you're picturing that frame and what it's going to look like, I mean, are we illustrating their faces or is it going to be, you know, person's actual photograph like in a you know vibrant colorful cloud so kind of going off of just the changes with COVID and stuff um prior to 2020 I did a lot of markets and in-person events and little teaching gigs and um obviously that all kind of shifted back so as a freelancer I started pushing more of my mural work exterior work things like that um and I became just kind of in love with the idea of bringing artwork outdoors, um, having people on their way to go get coffee, go get lunch, and then stopping and talking to me and just getting inspired by one another, them asking, okay, so what's your process behind this? Um, I think for a lot of people with visual art, there's not a lot of meeting the artist within their studio space because Mm. it's usually behind closed doors, um, kind of a more private place you don't get to show people. So I started to kind of think of what that could look like if I wanted to do a project that had to do with murals, but maybe more interactive and could take it to different places instead of a static wall that people come to. Hmm. Uh, So I developed the idea of a, um, it's pop drop booth. So it's a pop-up backdrop booth. Okay. It's a good name. A little little mouthful. Um, 
And so with this, I'm able to produce murals that would act as backdrops for events, headshots. Um, but really the idea is that this is a, a booth that moves with me because I'm kind of like a vagabond that's always in a different place. Um, and the backdrop is painted over with each portrait. So it allows me to kind of um, hear a person's story or their idea behind their business or whatever the case may be for the, the photo shoot. And then I'm not a photographer, so my desire with being indoors and away from people um, is also to meet other creatives and kind of do this collaborative thing. Mm. So this provided a space for me to paint and do what I love, but also meet people and hire awesome photographers. Wow. So it's kind of a cool blend. And um, I think, you know, headshots are an important thing, but for me, um, adding a prop, adding a cool backdrop to it just allows there to be that play of creativity and also to make space for art within an unlikely place, yeah. like a small business or... So, I mean, look, this kind of work, if you're painting, right, and unless you develop a particular style, can be really labor-intensive, right? And so you're, you know, especially like I'm thinking about murals that you've done and if you're doing that for a business and saying like, hey, I'm going to put this on your building because it's going to make your building pop, but like... You know, you go to them and, and say, like, well, this is how much it costs to paint a mural. And somebody's like, whoa, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, so I mean, what is your value proposition to them? You know, like when, whenever you're kind of talking to somebody who's like counting all the pennies and saying, like, look, yeah, this is unusual, but I think it could be valuable to you. And this is why. What do you tell them? Um, in terms of the mural or the pop drop booth or anything? We'll say both. I mean, just if you're doing yeah. bespoke work like this where you're like you're, you're I don't know, it's just my, my sense of a lot of folks who work in, you know, Art, art, artistic mediums you actually have to draw or paint I mean like it takes time and like right. people don't really realize that yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of having to say like well you're not just paying for the paint you're paying for the time you know the, the effort that it takes to go into it but you still kind of have to convince them that that's worth it so how do you do that yeah I think um, I don't know I'll be the first to say I'm not a business person first right I'm an artist and so that's the struggle is creating an invoice itemizing your time looking at the work that you do that's like wallpaper to you mm -hmm. it's a part of your brain it's a part of who you are and saying uh, this is actually a service that I'm lending out to you I'm lending you my brain for this mm -hmm. period of time what is that worth um, but I think there's little things along the way that have helped guide me like even through Instagram you know it's this visual platform so people are sharing their artwork easier than ever there's no gallery space there's no selection process you can put your work out there and other people can say they like it or don't like it um, so with that, I think I realized what I would describe myself as an artist and what I do was really more commonplace than what I wanted to admit. And so through that, I mean, those things you can see as a challenge or you can get defeated immediately. And I chose to just say, okay, if there's lots of other people creating joyful work, creating Louisiana style work, what is it that sets me apart? Why would someone want to hire me? Um, next to another muralist that they're, you know, is it going to be the, the bottom dollar that's going to make that decision? Um, and right now where I'm at with it is I think I really enjoy the storytelling aspect and I really enjoy the idea of um, partnership with a business or an individual. Whereas other artists, I think, sort of do that to pay the bills, but really their goal is to be quiet in their studio with no people around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome, but I think kind of at the point that I'm at, I really crave that interaction, and I think it challenges my work when someone says, uh, I want this color palette, that in my mind I'm thinking, I hate that. Mm -hmm. But what is a way that I can make it where I don't hate it? Um, 
So I think that's what I bring to the table. And oftentimes, too, what comes with that is if a business approaches me and they just want their logo or they want a typical Louisiana scene, I don't try to convince them that I'm not the person for them. I call my friends that do that specific work and I try to share the love. Um, and I think through a process of many years of doing that, now I am getting calls that are directly the types of jobs that I'm interested in and that I want to do, which is a really great place to be at. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with muralist Hannah Gumbo and Claire Bertrand, founder of Worker Room. Claire, I mean, I kind of want to bring the pricing question to you too, which is like thinking about you know, real estate, this is kind of a real estate thing. You generally deal this with like square footage. So if I'm a person looking for an office space, I mean, what is the typical, you know, rate going to like, how, how much am I going to pay for this? So we've done a lot of customer discovery. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be part of an incubator uh, in Baton Rouge called Nexus Louisiana and then Idea Institute in New Orleans. And through this, we were able to figure out that it's not based on a specific place it's based on what the customer wants and needs for that that time. So what a lawyer may want is different than what a freelancer Mm -hmm. may want. And what I'm really passionate about is providing affordable, accessible workspace in a city of all sizes. So you see co-working spaces in New Orleans or Atlanta, um, but there's an overlook corridor here along Lafayette, Lake Charles. Um, It's just now getting to Baton Rouge. And so we're going to let the offices set their prices. So I will help them. Um, we research price per square foot in the city, um, but we're going to let them set the price because right now they're making zero dollars on that space and then they could make X dollars. I also have a thing where I want to have like a day pass Tuesday where if you're part of day pass Tuesday on Workaroo, then say it's $25 for the whole day. So no matter what, it's affordable and accessible for anybody who needs a space to work, whether it's an entrepreneur who can't afford $500 a day like a a lawyer um, or attorney's office could. So um, to circle back, it will be set by the businesses. I will help them. Um, I think the market will dictate that, but providing affordable, accessible is something I'm very passionate about. Hmm. Have you thought much about like, (laughs) something? an instance popped in my head, right? Like I'm assuming that in in most cases, if somebody books a space, right, and they they go to a a building, wherever it is in Lafayette, they book into a room and they say, I'm going to, you know, rent this for an hour. I'm going to rent there for six hours. And like, who's there to police that to make sure that they do it and they don't, you know, like take the curb machine and throw it against the wall. (laughs) Right. So um, I think generally what's going to happen is the spaces are going to be booked via um, during office hours. So nine to five or seven to five. So I think the secretary will check them in. Um, We are also working on a visual tour. So if they don't want to be there during that time frame. You know, you book your space, you walk in, uh, it says first door on the left, you type in your code and you you log yourself in. So that's pretty easy to do with the technology we have today. It's just a simple plug-in we can drop. Um, But to take down the barriers on both sides, we have ID verification for members, um, and then we vet all of our hosts on both sides. And then we're gonna have user reviews so that you can review me and I can review you just to take down any hesitation that either side may have. So that's sort of like the, I, I kind of always hesitate to use the, you know, 
Uber model, the Airbnb thing where you're saying, all right, well, this person's got a 4.4. You know, do you really want them in your office next to your Hannah Gumbo mural? Like, this is maybe not such a good idea, right? I mean, that's kind of the idea to kind of like allow sort of crowdsourced rating systems, you know, kind of give people the confidence that the people that right. are occupying spaces with them are yeah. sane. I mean, we're a connected world and, and we want to see that other people are doing right and good. Um, and I think this is one of the ways just to take down those barriers and trust somebody um, that you've never met. It's, you know, uh, Airbnb has reviews. You filter via, um, what is it? They're, they're premium users, if sure. you will. Yeah. So it's the, same, it's the same market concept on both sides. Interesting. You know, Hannah, I gotta, it sounds like you like being a, you know, sort of in the throes of lots of different types of creatives as you're moving out of different pockets of people who do different kinds of things. So, I mean, like, these are folks that are working in and out of different kinds of office spaces, different kind of work. I mean, what kind of you know, amenities would you want to see in a, in a rent office space, either for you or the folks that you work with? Yeah, so um, I live in a little tiny town, and uh, my husband got a remote job, which allowed us to actually stay in Eunice and work from there, even though what we do is a lot of things that are, you know, for me, driving and taking meetings all over, or doing murals all over, and so uh we're kind of, I guess, like a, a modern work model where we're both working from a pretty small square footage, doing totally different things, taking calls, Zoom meetings at the same time. <laughs> so this is very relatable to my life. Um, I think part of it is just, you know, you there's freedom with not being within an office space, but there's also things you miss mm-hmm. that you can't really uh, – create try as they may through zoom interactions or games online i think there's just something about small talk getting to know people um certainly what i really gained from uh my time at school sharing a giant studio art studio space with so many people is just the unique differences in even the styles of how people approach work what they're up to the camaraderie of like the stress of the day or the achievement of the day um so i'm really lucky to have that at home with my husband because we're doing two totally different things, but it's like we have this tiny shared office. Um, but he would love something like this. And and I think there's something to be said about, even though we ha- he has his awesome you know stand-up desk and we have our house set up for the work that we do. I have my Wacom tablet, which is like a giant uh, iPad that I'm able to draw on. Sometimes I still crave just grabbing a sheet of paper and being at a table with someone else doing something totally different. Yeah. I think it energizes the work and it energizes your community when you do have that belief that we're connected in, in some way mm. versus you totally doing something on your own and never seeing the result or response to that. Um, so I'd probably fall into the category of wanting some light source, some some windows, okay. um, definitely coffee and a big open table like i love the idea of um spreading stuff out and within our apartment that's not always possible with our cats and dog and everything so um that's probably what i would look for and then also i think uh private meeting spaces would be great just so that you're not trying to combat the noise next to you with taking a zoom call or whatever so claire i didn't necessarily mean to like create a market research situation for you but 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 that's i'm here for it this often what happens here not to let you put people together something that hannah brought up i think is actually kind of interesting right which is that you know when we're in sort of this time right where lots of people are working from home, i've worked from home for years and like i am very much a social person and and can feel very isolated by that i have two small children who 
often make me feel unisolated, but maybe not in positive <laughs> ways. I, I love them dearly, but they are loud. Um, you know, I mean, have you thought about, you know, I guess society is an, an amenity. I know co-working spaces exist, but I mean, like, is that part of the idea that like you could, I could plug into a space like, you know, I like the idea of a coffee environment and that I could be just around people, but I just need something a little bit more stable than that, right? I mean, it, it, or is, it, is, is that kind of part of what I could choose or is it really just we're really going to have mostly, you know, single desk type situations where you're going to plug in and do what you got to do? No, so we want to have um, a place where, so we know work is work. We get that. But we want to make work better. Um, and so when you were speaking about how do we create these connections through what you do, um, that's always the goal is like, you're trying to make things better. Um, and I want to make work better. And what that means is something different for everybody and maybe different on different days. And um, I think different things inspire us on, on different days. So you can book you know, a single desk. You can book... Um, we're changing it from conference room to meeting rooms because I think that's more collaborative. Uh, we even have a filter for outdoor open air because people are craving sunshine and you're just inspired and your creativity runs different. Um, and so... What is an outdoor office space like? I'm like trying to imagine that. I'm just yeah. kind of picturing a courtyard, but like it a could cubicle be a, with a tree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it could be... So there's several... Um, Do you have uh, some in your inventory now? Not right this okay. minute. Um, we are looking at a space in New Orleans that has outdoor okay, space. Cool. So it's kind of like a veranda that you just go out on. Um, it sounds romantic. Just me and my Romantic in like the, you know, Italian Riviera kind of way. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at a lot of coffee shops or, you know, or even outdoor right here, it, that's yeah. the vibe that people yeah. want. Um, yeah. And so just creating that energy through these different spaces, mm-hmm. um, that's our that's our goal. You know, Hannah, something that strikes me a lot about your work is that it is extremely vibrant and it has a lot of inner energy to it, you know? And I mean, like, I was struck in looking at some of the, the photos in your website and stuff like that, like, in, in spaces where, you know, you kind of pop your work and, like, maybe there's, you know, a raised cane field or something like that. And it, like, really sticks out, but it, not in a way that seems um, like it doesn't belong. I mean, do you think of your work as having, like, a root in... Louisiana culture. I mean, and I know you're very passionate about it, but like I think of the color palette, like I don't necessarily think of that palette as being traditionally Southern or Gulf Coast Louisiana. Yeah. So unlike, you know, a thought out plan, this is all sort of responding to happenstance. So I think even creating work that's about Louisiana, um, you know, I think one of my first projects was getting hired by like a local festival and I did this interactive game with kids and I decided to do um, just on canvas these pictures of like Louisiana icons, our state bird, our state vegetable. Um, and it was really fun and I think it was something I knew and it, it's always interesting to me to say like, uh, what would this look like if I were to do, you know, my remix on it? And so as an artist, there's certain like non-negotiables and for me, you know, the hardest thing about uh, going to art classes and studying that was like, don't make me do another still life. Please don't make me recreate. Like, uh, you know, even with within arts education, a lot of it is mimicking people from the past. And it's like, that is the most boring thing to me about art that you could possibly do that it's shocking to me that people start there. 
because for me it's just an expression of who I am um, if I'm not drawing or painting I'll be sewing or cooking something or whatever I don't think it has to look a certain way which I think is why you end up with me holding a painting in a cane field it's because I need to take a picture of this painting you know I don't have a nice camera I'm going outside to get better lighting this is my life hmm. um, it's really wasn't uh, a vibe I was like specifically trying to create and I think whenever I did try to um, for something or kind of create a plan for my work it just didn't feel as intuitive and natural as kind of where I am right now with it um so I think it's kind of just getting into that flow very artsy term but um but it's both right I think also learning how to create spreadsheets made me so much more creative uh having little email templates was a godsend but then also carving out time to just say I'm not a product photographer. So if this looks weird or funky, you know, that's just who I am. I guess that's my quote unquote brand Um, and kind of embracing that. And then also knowing that maybe that skill will get a little bit fine tuned and it might look different a year from now. Well, you know, I think weird and funky could be a great uh, slug for our show here. Um, Look, you said respond to happenstance. I feel like it's another way of saying sort of, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? A creativity is something that happens in the art world and in business, right? You kind of figure out a problem, you try to solve it, and you come up with an interesting idea, a mural, or, you know, a, a, a way to connect people with places to work. And so uh, congratulations to you both on finding paths, uh, successful paths out of responding to happenstance. So uh, Hannah and Claire, thank you for joining me today on Out the Lunch Acadia. Thanks. <laughs> uh, my guests on Out the Lunch Acadiana have been Claire Bertrand of Workaroo and Muralist Hannah Gumbo. We edited this show to fit in the time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Hannah and Claire and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find on our podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Astro Morgan or Astro Morgan. You can find more of Astro Morgan's work at Astor, A-S-T-O-R-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Boris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by Kieran McIntosh, and our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Risher. Our researchers, Claire Como. I'm Christian Mater, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And for more local news and commentary, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.